Hebrews chapter 6. Very familiar scripture here tonight. I'll be very short, very brief tonight, hopefully. And um, I want to bring a thought that's been on my mind uh, for a few days now uh, since, uh, I guess, last uh, Sunday. And I uh, just want to give a thought to you and give you the scriptures and just do a study tonight. I, I, I don't want to get in a real big way and just, just do a study. Uh, on, here's the subject of the message tonight, or the lesson, is some things that God can't do. Some things God can't do. I, all of a sudden, your, eye, your eyes look up, your ears perk up, and you say, well, God can do anything. That's not so. There's some things God cannot do that he has bound himself by. And, uh, and I want to just maybe just do a Sunday school lesson tonight. I can't do it justice like old Jack can. He's uh, been teaching his whole life since the day he was born. And he's, uh, you know, he teaches every Sunday. And, and uh, uh, he's like Guy Lee. He's a new version of Guy. <laughs> Not quite. Guy Lee, I asked him one day, I said, Guy, how big were you when you was younger? He said, son, I was born grown. <laughs> and uh, Jack, uh, Jack's the same way. He was born teaching. So we, But anyway, I'm going to try to slow down and teach tonight. So some things that God can, cannot or can't do. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 18 reads like this, that by two immutable things, unchangeable, that word immutable means unchangeable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, there it is, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. And uh, so there's the first thing I want us to look at. God cannot lie. It's what scripture says in verse number 18. It is impossible for God to lie. It's not that God uh, uh, wants to lie. God cannot lie. He's bound himself by his own inerrant word. His word is, is, is certainly, certainly true. And so we see God cannot lie in verse number 18. Notice another thing that, he can't, uh, that God cannot change. God will never change. Did you know that in a trillion, uh, zillion, billion years from now, God will be the same God that he's always been before creation He's just the same. He changes not. He's the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God cannot change. God cannot change his mind about a few things. Notice this. One thing God cannot do, he can't change his character. His character is perfect. There's no flaw in God. There's nothing uh, that we can find any, uh, any, uh, uh, any faults in his character. He's perfect every whit. Notice his holiness is never going to change. He'll always be holy. He's always set apart. He's holy. He can't change. Then notice his stance against sin. God's not changed his mind about sin, folks. His sin today is still repulsive in the sight of God. What does the Bible say about, about sin? It says this, that even in our righteousness, our righteousness is filthy rags in the sight of God. On our best days, on the best years of our life, it still sickens God to see our, uh, our unrighteous, unholy, sinful uh, self that we are. 
And uh, now something I want you to understand about God, he, He's not changing His mind about sin. Flip back to the book of uh, Proverbs, chapter number 6. I want to read uh, uh, something here today. This has been on my mind for a good while. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm extremely irritated by the LGBT community. I really am. I, I'm, I'm extremely irritated about what they are promoting, what they're doing. I saw this the other day and I was, saw it on the computer or on uh, Facebook and Gretchen and I were sitting there uh, eating lunch and, and, and we're just thumbing through looking at, at the Facebook and, and, and one subject popped up on the, the news feed and it was about a transgender man uh, wanting to be a woman going to schools uh, somewhere in the nation and letting little kids lay on top of him. He's dressed like a woman, had the picture of, did I show that to you? And it sickened me. And I, I mean, when I saw that, my blood began to boil. And I thought, Lord have mercy. What happened? Uh, what happened to our nation? And what seemed like today what is right is wrong and wrong is right. Amen. Can I get an amen on that tonight? Amen. We're in that time. But here's what the Lord says about these things, about sin. These six things that the Lord Hey, chapter number 6, verse 16 of Proverbs. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look. And that gay pride that they're marching, and they're, listen, God hates it. I'm not saying that. God said it. It's an abomination. It says this, uh, that yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. Well, our nation just already needs to be knocked down a few notches, does it not? Notice this in verse 18. And heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift to run into mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among uh, brethren. And so these are some things that God hates, and God has not changed his mind about sin. And you know God will never change his mind about sin. Not one time. It's not that God wants to change. God cannot change. He'll never change his idea in mind about sin. But notice this. Uh, his, uh, something that God cannot do uh, and change is his, his relationship with his children. Now think about that for just a minute. He cannot change his status with our relationship with him. Now we may change, but God can't change. Once he saves us, we're always his child no matter what. Now there's a lot of Christians today. They've walked away from uh, the things uh, the blessings of God uh, but I'm, I'm here to tell you this tonight that God still loves us and He still wants us and uh, wants us to be part of His work in His family. I read this last Wednesday night or the last time I taught and I, I, I felt like reading it again tonight for some reason and, uh, and I remember being a young Christian. I remember being Eli's age and just starting out being a Christian. And I remember dealing with doubt. I remember dealing with what if? What if God does this? Or what if he can't do that? But I want to say today that uh, God's word doesn't change. He's perfect every whip, every way. But I want you to notice this. He, our relationship with God and our stance with God, us right here in this sinful world, we may change. We may walk away from God. But when God sees us in the portals of heaven, we'll always be his child. No matter what, we are his children. Nothing can change that. Notice this in the, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us 
Let these words soak into your heart that no matter what happens in life for the child of God, who shall separate us from the love of Christ, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep uh, for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. Oh, Paul, he, he was convinced that he was a child of the king. He said that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the, our relationship with Jesus Christ once we get saved. And we may, there may be men and women that walk away from the faith, but if they've genuinely been saved in the portals of heaven, they are in a relationship with God that God still loves them and God still sees them as their children. Someone said, ah, oh, he's lived too ungodly. Think about this. What did uh, uh, that uh, ungodly man do all the way down in Sodom? In Gomorrah, he left his family and he looked over the well uh, plains of that place. And uh, his Lot's righteous soul was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. He was a saved man but living in sin. And once we get saved, nothing can change the fact that we'll always be saved. Doesn't, doesn't that bless your heart tonight, church? Amen. Doesn't that bless you tonight? I want you to notice this thirdly. God cannot bring up something God cannot do. He cannot bring up our past of if we've confessed our sins that we've committed. Notice this. Flip back to 1 John, one of my favorite verses uh, in the scriptures that's helped me as a Christian. First John. First John chapter 1 verse number 9. Familiar scripture. We often quote it. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What does that tell us, friend? That if we confess our sins, God cannot bring them up and hold them, dangle them over our head and say, look what you did years ago. Look, you remember that time you stole something from me? You remember that time when you lied to brother so-and-so? You remember that time when you looked at something, you ate something, did something, drank something, you shouldn't have been drinking. God will never take our confessed sins and dangle them over our heads and say, you're, you're not good enough to come. But no, sir. Where the Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't this a blessing today, friend? God Amen. cannot do one thing God cannot do. He can never reach to the blood of His precious Son that's cleansed us from our sins and reach back in the past a hundred years from now and say, Jack, you remember that day on the football field when you uh, maybe hit somebody and said something you ought not to say? Or maybe uh, there's a, uh, there, there's little Eli. You remember that time that uh, years ago you said something you ought not to? God will never bring our sins to our attention again. And someone said, well, my sins are bothering me. I want to say that you need to put them back under the blood where they're Man. supposed to be. And let God be God. And listen, if you're being bothered by your sin, there's either something wrong uh, that you've not confessed it or simply you've let the devil bring up your past to let that he's trying to define you of what you were instead of what you really are. Amen. Hear this tonight. 
God's blood, His Son's precious blood is enough to cleanse the vilest sinner. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thank heaven today. We have something that God cannot change. Our past may be a mess. Our future may look like there's nothing there. But in our very present moment of distress right now, Brother Dave, there is forgiveness. God cannot and will not bring up our sins once we confess them. Notice this in verse... Uh, verse uh, John chapter 1 verse number 9 again he says if we confess well that word confession is a wonderful word you know what God wants why he wants us to confess it's not that God doesn't know the sin he already knows about it he wants us to acknowledge it and show, he wants us to say this is what I've done who I really am and you know all the sins that we have and we commit and we see the world commit uh, you see the sin of adultery fornication uh Lying, thieving, all the gross immoral sins are out there. You know why? You know why that we commit those sins? It's simply from one sin of unbelief. If we someone says, "I've got to have that lady. I've got to have that man. I've got to have uh, uh, this uh, uh, this thing in my possession," so I steal it. I'll take it. Nobody will know about it. But I'm gonna say what we're really saying to God is we're pointing our finger to God in heaven. And say, God, I don't need to trust you. I'll do it on my own. I'm not happy here. And we're shaking our fists in God's face and saying, "I don't need you." But what we ought to be saying is saying, "God, I believe you. I have a temptation that needs to be." dealt with and God will make a way of escape. He'll cleanse us. He'll make us what we need to be and He'll help us in the valley of temptation. Amen. Won't you understand this tonight as well? That God knows our sins that we must confess them. He knew that I'd mess up and you'd mess up when we got saved. He looked down the ages of time. He said, Lance, he's gonna be, he's gonna mess up one day, even after I save him. But he says, But I'm gonna make a I'm gonna put a clause in my word and say, if he'll confess to me, he'll cleanse, I'll cleanse him. I'll, I'll be faithful to cleanse him and just to forgive him, and so that our sins will be gone as far as the east is from the west. God has forgiven you of your sin, dear Christian. Well, we need to say that together. Raise our hands to heaven and say, Lord, you have forgiven me. Maybe there's a sin way Amen. back in your past way back years ago that maybe it keeps coming back to your mind and that old devil keeps pouring it out of your head. You remember that old John? You remember that when I after Gretchen, you remember that when Debbie, the devil pours it out on you. Here's what we need to get it covered by the blood. Uh, take it to Jesus in prayer. Just confess it. You don't have to broadcast it to the world. You don't have to tell the preacher, the deacon, the Sunday school teacher just between you and God in heaven. Confess that ugly, rotten sin, and God will do His part. He'll cleanse us of that sin, thank God. Notice this, uh, that the judgment of God uh, is not going to change when we stand before God in heaven. Now, there's two judgments there. The great white throne judgment, I'm not going to be at that one. I'll be at the judgment seat of Christ. Look to 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, I believe chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, you'll notice that Paul had uh, was given the layout of really what it's going to be like when we get there in judgment. So our sins are forgiven before we get to heaven. If we've confessed them, if we confess Jesus is Lord, He's our Savior for all eternity, not just for a lifetime. 
And we confess them. But notice this in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 10. But we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. He's talking to saved people. That every one may receive the things done in his body according uh, to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Doing. Therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest in the God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. And uh, so when we get to heaven, and I, I like what the other scriptures tell us there. It'll be like this, for we must all appear. We're all going to stand in judgment. But our sins, listen, our sins were dealt with on the cross of Calvary. Think about it. The sins that we've all committed have been nailed on the cross where Jesus was at. The very Son of the living God took Lance Fuller's sins, all my sins, and he nailed them to the cross. And he might not have visibly or verbally said my name on the cross, but in his spirit and before the age of time, he looked down, he saw there'd be Lance needing a Savior. And he said, I'll go for him. And he died on the cross and shed his blood for my sin. So our sins have been dealt with. They've been judged. We've all been found guilty of that. But thank God when we confess Jesus Christ as Lord, confess our sins daily as a, as a Christian, God cleanses us of that. But when we all stand before God in the judgment seat of Christ, here's what He's going to do. He's going to judge us for the things that we've done or didn't do for His work. We're not being judged uh, if we're going to make it to heaven or not. He already knows we're on our way to heaven. But friend, when we stand before God, there's going to be some of you right now, you've not done a whole lot for God, and some of you have done a lot for God. And listen, you'll be, you'll be given rewards for what you have done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Some's going to suffer loss. Some's going to get in by the skin of their teeth, it seemed like. Uh, they have got the blood, but listen, they've not done anything for God. And when he starts handing out the war, the war just about like this. When you uh, go to a track uh, a stadium and you've got runners running around the track, you've got a first place uh, runner, you've got a second place runner, and a third one. They all uh, stand uh, on the podium. And the first place runner's here, the second place there, uh, or the uh, second and third, and then the first is on the top. And listen, there's going to be some of you that will have more rewards than I'll have. And there'll be some of you have less than I have. But I want to say this, what we do for God down here, it really, really matters, thank God. Some of us today, we're going to be saying, well, I wish that I had more crowns to lay at His feet. And we'll be ashamed of the things that we could have done for God. Oh, God, help every one of us to get busy for the Lord Jesus Christ. Our sins have been blotted out and washed away, but give us a desire to work for Him that we'll have something to lay at His feet. When we bow at his, yeah, at his yeah. feet for a million years. Hallelujah. I've noticed uh, that something God cannot change. Uh, and I've shared this with you many, many times. And it's worth repeating. God's word will never, never change. Notice the psalmist says this. Uh, the psalmist says this. Psalms 119 verse 89. We all need to remember this verse. Memorize it. Write it on the table of your heart for uh, every. Uh, forever thy word is settled in heaven forever and ever and ever while the ages roll there'll be the word of God there and it won't be in this written form like this it'll be in the form of the son of the living God his word will be I believe he's the open book that we'll read will be judged by and hear me hear this tonight dear friend his word is forever continually settled forever and ever now notice this 
Before the world was created, his word was settled. While he was in creation, his word was settled. After, after this world is done away with a million trillion years from now, his word will still stand, thank God. I, I, I heard of a preacher one day, he got excited preaching. I wouldn't have done this. But he got excited preaching. He laid down his Bible. He said, the word of God is forever. He laid down he stood on top of it. And he said, see, I told you it's worth standing on. I wouldn't have went as far to stand on my Bible. But I do want to say this today. God's word is forever settled. Christian, you may doubt every now and again. You may have uh, uh, misunderstandings with your faith that you don't understand why you're where you're at. You may doubt you've been saved. But always know this, God's Word is settled. When he says it, well, Michael, he means it. He can't go back on his word. God cannot lie. And he cannot change his word no matter what. Think about this. I'm hurrying. Coming to a close. His word cannot change. His word will stand when the world's on fire. And it's forever settled in heaven. And you know what God has done? He has staked his character. His holiness, His righteousness, His reputation on His Word. Let me say that again. Jesus. God has staked His character, His holiness, His righteousness, and His reputation on His Word. Our God is only as good as His Word is. And when He says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. No matter what, Buttercup. When he says that, we can thank on it and we can trust him. And you know what happens then? All that burden of conviction is rolled away. And the peace can come. Notice God's reputation is built on his word. I found this this evening. I want to read it to you. I'm coming to a close. God's reputation is built on His Word. His Word is settled. God cannot and will not go contrary to His Word. God is sovereign, but His sovereignty cannot override His righteousness and holiness. And His holiness will not allow Him to violate His own commands. What does that tell us? Let's put that Appalachian form for just a minute. His word is what we stand on. I had someone say, well, I just, I just don't feel right. Don't rely on your emotions. You know, sometimes I don't feel right. And I know I don't look right. But we cannot rely on our emotions. We rely on God's word. And that's all we've got to stand on, brother. God cannot lie. He cannot change his character, his holiness, his stance against sin, his relationship with his child. He cannot change that. And he cannot bring up our past. And listen, God, listen, God cannot, he cannot bring our sins before us and say, look what you've done if they've been placed under the blood. I want to say this before I, before I finish the lesson tonight. <laughs> Someone said, well, does God forget our sins? God is sovereign. He knows everything. Someone, one Bible student said, well, then that means that God's got a flaw if he, can't, if he can forget. No, God doesn't forget the sins. He chooses not to bring them up to our account anymore. That's what God does. 
And God, listen, when He puts them behind Him as far as the east is from the west, and He, he sees that sin that I've committed and you've committed, we place it under the blood. Thank Amen. God. We take it to Him in heaven. He forgives us of it. And God said, I know He's got a flaw. He's like that little sheep down in the pasture down there. He has flies bothering He's got scars where they've been picked at. And God just takes His little salve and pours it. He's all over our head. He says, I know there's scars there. And He rubs His little sheep and takes the pain away and cares for us and loves us and is good to us. Thank God. He's not changing His mind about our sins. He's forgiven us of it. Then notice His word's never going to change. And in judgment, we're not being judged for our sins. We're judged for our work. Wouldn't you hate to be the kind of Christian that hadn't done anything for God? Now I'm going to charge the church for just a second. You say, well, you're just teaching tonight. Well, I'm still preaching. You can like it, lump it, whatever you want to do. Listen, listen, Lord. But I'm going to charge the church for just a second. What are we doing for God? I've been praying the other day. I said, God, if, if you see fit, I'd like to run a few revivals. Again, like I used to. And lo and behold, three folk called me up, want me to come, preachers to come. We've got to go back up North Carolina. Uh, and I may not. Uh, do a whole lot up there, but I'll go up there and be with those dear brethren up there. And me and Gretchen, the kids, this time I'm taking the kids. The last time we went up there, we weren't pregnant. And when we left, we ended up getting pregnant. That old daddy's going to say, well, what have you done? I'm going to say, well, it's because of you. All the way up from North Carolina, I guess, this mountain there. And then got a phone call to go to places I never dreamed I'd go. And then go to Hall County and preach again. Listen, and I said, God, I want to do something for you. Whatever it is, and the doors just start opening. I want to do something for God, and don't you? Don't you yeah. want this church? You know, Matt Gillard signed up there, and I, I'm, I'm not throwing off for Matt Gillard or that pastor they got out there. And I, uh, but I, the the the, uh, the sign says, uh, if I'm saying it right, uh, who will be in heaven because of you? Will there be anyone? That's in it. Thank you. They won't. Thank you so much. And I read that and I said, whoever put that up has got that wrong. None of us are getting to heaven because of you or me. It's all because of Jesus. I'm threatening to call Les up and say something. Down there and say, well, that's his red wagon coat. Ain't one of us getting to heaven. Listen, we've all got to get them to Jesus. Friends, tonight I, I want you to, what are we doing for the Lord? Are we really winning souls? Are we supporting missions? Are we supporting our Sunday school class and our teachers and our preachers and support? Listen, it's high time we wake up and get busy for God. Amen tonight. And I want to have something to throw at His feet, to blade His feet when I'm in His presence one day, don't you? I want to have something to say, Lord, you're worthy. Here you are. Hallelujah. You're worthy. I appreciate your attention. Does anyone have anything you'd like to say? Something you'd like to add, discuss, whatever you